When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. My unsung hero with Chelsea Grimes on Talk Sport. I'm Chelsea Grimes, singer, songwriter and footballer. And the ball's played through for Chelsea Grimes! You're listening to My Unsung Hero on TalkSport. It's a brand new series where I get to sit down with not only some of the best footballers to have ever played the game, but with their very own unsung hero. I come up with this idea because, you know, I'm in a fortunate position where I get to meet a lot of the players and interview them. And sometimes you get the best stories from the family, the friends, the other half. And, you know, for me personally, my inspiration and unsung hero is definitely my family. You know, rain, sun, standing on the sidelines and just cheering you on and also being there for you when things don't go right. No footballer reaches the elite level on their own. And in this show, we talk to the person who played a pivotal role in getting them to where they are today. This week, I'm speaking with a player who's won the Premier League on four occasions, lifted the FA Cup, the Champions League and reached the World Cup final. Free header and the goal! Mikel Silvestre gives United a dream start inside 20 minutes. Hi, it's Mikel Silvestre and my unsung hero is my wife, Sev. I can't even describe Sev, you'll understand after this interview, but I met them in the 2019 Women's World Cup in France and I was there. I actually played a gig and the whole table in front of me was Man United players. So I think they stitched me up, but we got along like a house on fire and I tell them all the time. I know I'm not supposed to like you, Mike, but he's a great guy. And and yeah, Sev told many, many, many stories that you would never have got the chance to listen to if it was a normal interview. So this is your chance to meet them and come on this journey with us. This is Mikel Silvestre, my unsung hero. Okay, guys, well, listen, I am here with Mikel and Sev. Um, thank you so much for joining me on my new show, My Unsung Hero. Listen, um, we're going to kick things off with the first question we ask everyone, Mikel. Can you explain to us why Sev is your unsung hero? Wow, that's a very wide and big question. I think um, it's, uh, it's because she was there all the, all the good moments and the bad moments. You know, to support me, uh, to put me down as well. Some moment, you know, you think you're invincible, and um, she was there to support, especially on the downtime when you when I was injured, um, and when you feel lonely, you feel like you are useless, you feel like you might not play football anymore. And she was there, and um, she supported me from day one, and that's why she's my unsung hero. 
I love that. Listen, we are going to get into everything that you just picked up on there. Um, and that's what the show is about, you know. I get to sit down with exceptional players of the game. But, you know, we're nothing really, are we, without the support of our loved ones. So I think this is why this show is so special. So before we discuss the early years of your career, I think everyone wants to know and I know a little bit because you've told me before but explain how you met Sev you can maybe you can maybe kick this one off <laughs> well uh, we met a long time ago uh, I just came back from America I was studying in America and uh, just being a uni student partying and going out and uh, I met Michael one night and uh, because he had a broken tooth but I didn't know he was a player, so he could go out that night because he was so young, he could not go out before. <laughs> yeah, I was just 18, so I was injured. Thursday night, um, Ren, where we've met, is a student town, so Thursday night is the town, the, the night for the students. So Party city. We, we've met <laughs> one evening in one bar, yeah. Sev, how, how did that conflict with your life and your background was you interested in football growing up was it where were you at in your life when you met Mike uh, so no absolutely no clue of what football was let's say like that uh, my dad <laughs> is a coach but I was just like not interested in football will never date a footballer so I had no clue who Michael was or what he was doing to be honest um, it was like yeah I was just studying and partying I was in my yeah, 20s so it was okay but um when I find out, I was like, I'm not dating a footballer. Absolutely no way. Walk out. Why? <laughs> because I don't R- date footballers. I was going to ask because in the UK, obviously, I don't know what it's like in France, but in England especially, there's a, a bit of a, you know, uh, people don't really want to date footballers because they have a little bit of a bad reputation, let me say. But in France, is that the same thing or was it? It is, but uh, for me, it was more that my dad was never home because he coached during the week and the weekend it was game. So I didn't want someone who was not home or yeah. with me or partying or going traveling. So when he, I find it's my dad who told me who was Michael and I went, what? I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. So I called Michael and said, it's not possible. I don't date <laughs> footballers. And that was it. Michael, so at that time then, were you a, a hot kid on the scene? Did a lot of people know? Was you a hot prospect? Uh, let's say I was playing for the national team at the uh, yeah youth national team. So yeah, but you know there wasn't so much exposure. So there would be some articles in the local paper, but nothing major. So no no social medias, no yeah, not really uh, big because of of the stage of the the media. Um, but I was yeah one of the best in my um, in my generation. Uh, but nothing, nothing major, you know. I played at the back, so it's not like I was banging goals and and be on top of my years in terms of maturity. I was just doing really well um, towards the 18, 19 years old, and then I, I broke into the first team. Zev, what about you? The first game, you know, you met him in a bar, you've passed him your number. I, I know you said you called him up and you said, listen, it's not happening. But listen, four kids later, it happened. So, yeah, um, no, I remember he was like, are you going to come and watch me once? I was just like, oh God, you know, it's normally it's drinking time. I bury teeth in front. I'm not doing to waste my time on watching a game. And then I said, okay. So, what I did, I remember, I said to all my friends, I said, look, it's we are four girls. I said, let's go for the first part. 
sort of aperitif. Let's have drinks. And we arrive at halftime. He's not going to score. He won't notice I didn't come all game. So we arrive at halftime. And I was like in the lunch. I was like, okay, so what's happened? Be like, you missed it. He did so many passes. I was like, oh, shoot. Anyway, at the end I went, oh, brilliant game. Oh, amazing. And then he went, you were not there. <laughs> and I went, mm. And then he went, when did you arrive? I said, after half time and he went serve I was that's okay I'm still here I'm, I can I can <laughs> now Mikael Silvestre and Mikael Silvestre has found the bottom corner we're going to get into um, the key moments in your career Mike but let's start with your spell at Man United um, firstly what is it like to represent a club as big as that I only took measures of the the, the standard and the, the magnitude of, of Manchester United when I when I joined, you know, again, um, English football is not really big in, in France. It's more about the Italian football. Um, obviously, yeah, there is Eric Cantona. Again, not a lot of uh, publicity and, and games on TV in France. So when I first got here, I played against United the year before. So I've had the experience of Old Trafford and the fans and the support. I've also experienced the, the weather, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it was um, amazing, you know, nine seasons, Sir Alex Ferguson, and I played with this treble team, the winners of the treble in 99. So the team obviously wasn't good enough, so they had to, to buy me. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> they were amazing players. I mean, uh, Roy Keane, you know, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, you know, all these guys, you know, David Beckham, Cole York, um, Yapstam at the back. The only one who left was Peter Smeichel, who I got to know after. But yeah, an amazing club, um, amazing supporters, and what, what, uh, what a time in my career. It's a long time, um, but when I first joined, you know, one of the players uh, who is now manager, Ole, told me, you mm -hmm. know, most of the foreigners, they come and they sign a small contract, I mean, in terms of years, but then they stay, they stick around, they stay for longer because it's it's such a special place. And it was, it was uh, very family orientated because of the the local lads, you know, the schools, the Nevilles, the birds, the geese, they have mom and dad in the lounge. So it wasn't an ordinary uh, club like I've experienced in Rennes or um, even at Inter. It was a very special place. That's why we uh, we stayed so long and won so many trophies. It was amazing. Yeah, you spoke about the weather, um, Sev. <laughs> you know, you're you're not playing football at this point. You know, you're you're obviously Mike's biggest supporter. But going from Inter Milan to Manchester United, obviously Milan was to, a shock. to Manchester. <laughs> what was that like for you? You know, obviously you have to sit down and talk about things. The weather. Did had you ever been to Manchester before that? Well, that's a funny thing. We have a story about that. So. Inter Milan playing, was it quarterfinal? Yep. Against Manchester. And Inter Milan take every food, the wife or girlfriend, to every Champions League game. And I remember arriving in Manchester looking at all these red wool bricks. And I was just like, <laughs> what is this place? So I remember after the game they lost. And then we got back to, Ma to Milan. I said, listen, there's a deal. You will never go up north after Paris. Whatever you do in your career. I beg you, not up north after Paris. He was like, don't worry, darling, never come to Manchester. <laughs> Six months after, here we are arriving in Manchester. And I went, oh, my goodness me, what am I going to do here? Rain every day. And I remember um, Eric Cantona's very good friend who helped him in Manchester said to me, 
do cross on your calendar to see how many days rain a year. But I will confirm it rain 360 days that year. <laughs> so absolutely. The only thing that was good for me was I could jump in the plane because I had no kids, still not married. Um, could go home, could go to Paris just for one night to escape this Mancunian life. And then I had to learn uh, how to live with it. Yeah, no, I was going to say it must be a complete, you know, culture shock. You know, if you've, yeah, you know, the, at least... Town. What, you don't think we are fashion up north? Come on. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, I'm sure it's not it's not a patch on Milan. But for you, what what do you do? You know, you you know, Mike signs a contract and this is for any player all around the world, and then you sit there, you've got to set up. As a as a support system for you, Sev, what what do you do? Do you go and find a gym? You have to make new friends. Like, what what does life look like for you when you set up when Mike's out every day training? Well, let, let me answer the first part. I think. <laughs> look at you. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> oh. no, no. The thing is, the, no, the thing is, uh, my English was really, really oh, yeah. poor. <laughs> so Sev being bilingual helped us so much, you know, to settle. Also, there wasn't a player. Even if I didn't understand Mancunian accent, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so, no, she, she played a big part in settling, obviously. The club was very helpful. Listen, it was Alex Ferguson generation. So Alex made everything easy for the family. His priority is family happy, player happy. So they did find a house, they did help us. But then the funny story is... I was bored, really bored. And one day I go to see Alex Ferguson and I say, I want a job, get me a job, whatever you want. And he was like, well, it's like, I need a job. I really do need to get something done in my life. And then I was, because I was a translator, I said, look, I can teach. I got my degree to teach. So I ended up teaching French to the Academy of Manu. Wow. And that was a experience. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, some guys who are playing right now, it's quite funny because I'm like, that was my student. <laughs> and they still call me Miss. So sometimes we will bump into them and say, hi, Miss. I'm like, I'm not Miss. I'm Sev. I'm Chelsea Grimes and you're listening to My Unsung Hero. This is where we get to speak to not only the greatest players to have played the game, but the people who've inspired them and are there for the good times and the bad times. When you feel lonely, you feel like you are useless. You feel like you might not play football anymore. And she was there and she supported me. This week, we're talking to former Manchester United defender Mikel Silvestre and his wife, his unsung hero, Sel. When you guys did move and make the move to Manchester, there was a heavily, heavily a culture of wags you know Victoria Beckham couldn't move anywhere without being pictured shopping doing anything you know um, for you 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 tended to shy away from it I know the producer of this show he tries to you know go on and do a bit of research and he said I can't find anything about Sev I'm like <laughs> yeah she keeps herself to herself so, was that an intention of yours to just stay no, away so and let Mike play when we arrived I had no idea of the culture of wags even if I hate that word I always say, I am not a wag, I'm a French footballer's wife, first of all, that's my ID. Um, (laughs) So when everybody was like talking about the wags, I was like, what is this thing? And then I met the first person in Manchester was my hairdresser. 
And uh, I remember going to the place and all the girls who were doing the shampoo were like, oh my God, the wag, the wag. I went, absolutely refuse to be a wag. Do you understand? I am not married. I am not called a wag. <laughs> and I was just like, this word doesn't exist. And then um, I find out, yeah, I, I, I was like, I have to adjust to this. So I never hide, but I made um, the paparazzi because Victoria left, leave literally two minutes from us and paparazzi was everywhere in the village in Cheshire and I make them understand that stop taking picture of me I'm not a wag you can follow me it's not a problem but I will never be a wag so forget about me and then I remember going out we fall of the girl and the paparazzi was like Sev don't worry and I was like yeah it's up to you you can take a picture but it won't go nowhere and then um, yeah I just but I was always different so okay let's let's rewind rewind so you're there you make your debut obviously like you said Man United had just won the treble you make your debut against my team Liverpool and I did want to ask was it true that you turned down a move to Liverpool to join Manchester Yes, I did. I did, Chelsea. Um, Gerard Royer was the manager at the time and uh, previously was my manager at the um, uh, national team under 21. So we had um, maybe three years together. So we knew each other well. And he called me and he said, uh, look, um, Liverpool is a great club, blah, 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 blah. But uh, it wasn't... <laughs> you can say a little bit more about those if you want. There wasn't much to talk about. So imagine I was planning moving to Liverpool. So the day yes, he called Seth. me, he says, Sav, get ready, we're going to Liverpool. And then call me at lunchtime, say, it's not Liverpool anymore. I went, what do you mean? I'm packing for Liverpool. He said, no. Manchester I went no 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 it's not possible <laughs> still take your coat though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're well so, and how, did it, how did it change that quickly so the morning you didn't go and go to Liverpool the afternoon tell me what happened then he pick you up yeah no I um I was I was away in national team um and uh first call from Jaoye and uh, no, it was actually a few days later. Uh, yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson called me, and you know, at that time, Liverpool wasn't wasn't the Liverpool of Jurgen Klopp, right? So um, it was easy to make a decision, especially because Gerard Ollier wasn't really pushing hard as hard as Sir Alex Ferguson. And um, yeah, I mean, joining the trouble. I mean, I played against Liv- um, Manchester United the previous season, so it was um, an easy choice really to make. And what was that like? You know, you debut against them. Did you feel like you made the right decision? Yeah, I mean, we won. Uh, we won the game away. I mean, yes, look, I know, I, I know. I, I, I arrived on Thursday, <laughs> Thursday night. Uh, Salix picked me up at the airport, brought me to the hotel with my agent. Friday morning, I train. I mean, I signed a contract. I train. Saturday morning at Anfield, I start left back and we won again. And uh, it was amazing start. Amazing start. Okay, Sev, so you did just mention Sir Alex, you know, he gives you a job as a translator. No, a teacher, a French teacher. A teacher, I'm sorry, a French (laughs) teacher, let me get it right. Um, Sorry, miss. (laughs) Um, But can you guys remember your first meeting individually and maybe together? Um, We'll start with you, Mike. Yeah, well, we we've talked before. Uh, he's, he's, He's broken French, my broken Scottish. Uh, I was in Ukraine or Albania national team, and then when he picked me up at the airport, we we had a kind of a conversation in the car, and then we sat down properly at the hotel with my agent, 
and um, it was easier face to face to meet him. So I wasn't really impressed, you know, because um, there wasn't so much uh, publicity again uh, about his personality and his charisma. So for me, it was just uh, the coach, the manager uh, talking to me, and I was I was just waiting to hear about his plans and how he would use me and. He told me he was following me for quite a while, uh, but he knew that uh, I already signed for Inter Milan a year, a year before joining Inter Milan. So um, I was impressed by his knowledge and the fact that he's followed me for like two and a half years before joining. Um, yeah, I was I was pleased that he, he made the effort to to come to the to the airport and pick me up himself. You know. Amazing. That's insane. Is is he as scary as people say he is? Like, obviously, we can all get angry and stuff, and I've heard some pretty intense stories. But listen, he got the best out of you as players. What, whatever, I guess, worked. You you were the best team, and, and I hate it because I love you so much now, and I love you, Seth, <laughs> so much. But I used to despise that Vodafone. Yeah, I just remember the, the kick, clearly. It used to give me nightmares. But listen, what was, his, what was his secret? How to get the best out of players? I think it's really from people from the outside think he was a beast and, and very uh, uh, strong, but that wasn't the case uh, all of the time. He would, he would just be like a normal, like you and me. Yeah. Seth, what about you? What was your first interaction with him did you um, think he was nice did you think he was a bit of a grump like no it was hilarious for me he was like a dad he took care of us like his proper children like he he was helping us from a to z he was like smiling and uh after because we stayed so long i remember every um end of year party at a bet that i would stand up and go get him to go have a dance with me and uh, michael would say please don't do i was like i am doing it's a tradition now i am doing a dance with alex and then uh, yeah but i had uh, i was never afraid of him or never scared because for me he was just like a dad he was not a coach who was carrying people. So when we arrived from Milan, Milan was a very uh, family-oriented um, club too. They took care of me very well. They had a translator, like we're going, yeah, we, it was really well. But then when I arrived at Manu, it was like, okay, this is a proper club, like proper like organization and everything. I was just going to ask, you know, the treatment that you got at Manchester, is it common for the managers to go out the way to meet the wives and to make it feel like that? No, I don't. Uh, after Manchester, we never saw that. Yeah, OK. Well, I guess that's what, you know, added to the success because, you know, love or hate you as a team, you's won everything. And I guess now Liverpool, last season, we kind of <laughs> done it all. <laughs> we're, we're nearly there, we're nearly there. Um, did you ever make any bets with them? Like, if you score tonight, I'll do the washing up. But if you don't, you're doing it. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, you know, no, never... because uh, we had a thing in the house is uh, Michael doesn't bring his football back home. So he will not talk or be miserable because they lost. That was the rules. Here it's happy and uh, we don't bring the sadness of game. I know some players will not talk to the wife for a few days. We never lost. Were... Yeah, we never <laughs> lost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Michael for that I will say I, I'm very grateful and I was lucky because we could after a game he, he knew that he was not allowed to say no to good dinner 
even if he lost, because for me it was like, uh-uh, it's my social life, so we're going yeah. for dinner. Some players will refuse because for a few days or even a week they won't talk because they lost. But Michael, the rules in the house was, there's no football in the house. Plenty more to come on Mikel Sylvest, my unsung hero, including the despair of suffering multiple injuries to the joy of winning the Champions League in Moscow in 2008. The best achievement for me, because 10 years in one competition, when you are focused on winning it, it was a dream, a dream come true. This is Mikel Sylvest, my unsung hero, with me, Chelsea Grimes, on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Mikhail Silvestra, my unsung hero on Talk Sport. You're listening to My Unsung Hero on TalkSport with me, Chelsea Grimes. And in this series, we get to talk to the footballers that have played the game, but also the people who have been there throughout it all. No footballer reaches the elite level on their own. And in this show, we talk to the person who's played a pivotal role in getting them to where they are today. It's because she was there, all the good moments and the bad moments, you know, to support me, to put me down as well. This week, I'm speaking to former Manchester United defender, Mikel Silvestre, and his wife, his unsung hero, Seth. We could stay here all day, Mike, and talk about how, how great Man United were, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about a few of the, the, the bad times as well. And, um, you know, injuries being something for you, you know, from 2006 until the end of your time at Man United in 2008, you began to suffer and get a few injuries, a broken metatarsal, dislocated shoulder, knee ligament damage. How tough was that for you as a player to deal with? Yeah, it was tough, first of all, because they're not like muscles injury. You know, when you know you're doing everything um, to to be fit, you eat well, you sleep well, you stretch and everything. And then suddenly you have these injuries that come one after the other. It's kind of, where is my luck gone? You know, mm-hmm. absolutely gone. So it's a, a tackle, then it's a, a challenge in the air for the shoulder, and then it's a, it's a bad uh, bad reception after a jump. So those times were difficult. I mean, the 
the most horrible. Um, I mean, there was two. The shoulder was the most um, <laughs> painful uh, injury Seb's I've ever had. Seb's laughing here. Yeah, she's <laughs> laughing because we've had some stories. <laughs> You've got to tell but us. <laughs> the thing is, um, every time I give birth, it's uh, like that. He injured the day before or the same day. And uh, every nurse, I don't know how they find out the club, they know Michael is in hospital. So they take him away of me to go scan, have a, a little surgery when I'm giving birth. And I'm like, why are you taking away my husband? I am giving birth. All right, this is it. Really? So you're giving birth and like you was getting surgery? 2006, uh, we bring Arsenal home. I broke my metatars with the, on the channel with Adebayo. But I don't know, it's just pain, you know. I'm just in pain, so I, I'm getting substituted. And in the middle of the night, uh, baby's coming. So let's go. It's about 12. You know, we're going, we're rushing to the hospital. And I can't drive. I'm such pain. I'm crawling to the car, right? Oh. But, okay, we have to go to the hospital. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. I'm 11 weeks premature. I'm oh, giving birth wow. 11 weeks before. So you got to understand it. It's, it's emergency. It's emergency. It's not a good one. It's not a good <laughs> one at all. So we, we are stressing, uh, rushing the kids uh, in the car. I'm crawling. I don't know how I drive. I managed to drive. And then we, we get there. And, uh, and uh, The wheelchair is waiting. So I thought it's for me. No, no, it was for him. <laughs> the club no. knew. I don't know how the club knew he was there. They took him out. They took him to bloody extract. So while she's uh, in labor, they said, well, we might as well uh, have a look at your foot. <laughs> so they took me down for x-ray. So you're both in the same hospital. Serve your wife is about to pop and you're getting your foot looked at. Wow. And can we just say she is healthy now, isn't she, Mia? Yeah, yeah. Proper stuff. You know, you, you still did have some good times, though, you know, off injury and, and away from all that stuff. Um, you know, you made your first start for seven months in a Champions League quarterfinal match against Roma in 2008, eventually going on to win that competition. What was that like for you? And that competition in a whole, where does that rank in your list of achievements? Yeah, it's a, it's a great achievement, uh, simply because um, that was my 10th Uh, season involved in the Champions League. So one season with Inter losing against United in quarterfinal. And then a ninth season with United, my last one. Getting to, uh, I mean, I, can't, I came back from that Cruciate Ligament in March. First game back is quarterfinal against, against Rome at home. And then I made a substitute appearance uh, in semis against uh, Messi, Barcelona. And then the final, I made the, the substitute. So It was an amazing achievement, probably uh, the best achievement for me because 10 years in one competition when you are focused on winning it, finally you lift the trophy at Moscow against Chelsea in final. It was a dream, a dream come true in the end, yeah. Vandersar saved it, United again. The newly crowned champions of England are the new champions of Europe. What about you, Sev? Was yeah, you I got proud? to say it was the moment, the best time ever in Moscow. Loved it. Um, and I went with his two best friends, new kids, because uh, I was like, we have to do as a... We've been going for 10 years, yeah. And uh, we went and it was, yeah, it was amazing. Very uh, unique. 
and then after I guess after you've been injured all the time and you're always giving birth you the plan is no more children and no more injuries <laughs> exactly <laughs> why not um, Sev for you on a personal note I know you just mentioned that is is that the proudest you've been um, the biggest achievement in Michael's career do you think for you personally um, I think his whole career is my I'm very proud of what he's done all along because uh, you know he changed clubs he settled in every club he won trophy in everywhere he's been um, so you know it was for me to look at his global career it's a very I'm very proud of him uh, Moscow yes and the semi-final of the World Cup in Germany that was a very big moment even if We're he didn't end up on a good note but it was a very amazing moment we are going to talk more about um, international in a second but listen after that high of the Champions League um, why did you decide that that was the right time for then for you to move on to Arsenal I think it was time to uh, move on because I've had um, I've won everything basically and I wanted to try something different um, and um, challenge myself challenge myself so the best thing to do is to unsettle yourself and when you go to a new club you have to to almost like start all over again um, which was was good for me give me extra motivation and uh, when I look, look back um, I thought it was I think it's it's it was a very good decision um, to to move to I mean I went to Arsenal so that wasn't a, a bad club to join did you ever nearly leave before that? Yeah, was there but ever a time? But not 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 nearly. There was interest, which is the case for a lot of players. So there was interest from Lyon. Gerard year again wanted me to to join Lyon, go back to France, um, and some interest in in England, Newcastle. I think came came for me as well. But um, I wasn't tempted before to to move away. Did you fear about? a bit of backlash going to Arsenal. Was there a thought? Because the transfer made you the first player to transfer directly between Man United and Arsenal since Viv Anderson, who moved in the opposite direction in 1987, and the first player to move from United to Arsenal since Brian Kidd in 1974. Surely there was a part here. Did you think about the backlash? Yeah, definitely. I thought about it, you know. It's, um, it, was, it wasn't easy. At some some moments where you think um, maybe it wasn't so smart to do that, but on the other side, you know, I wasn't the main goal scorer from from uh, Man United going to to Arsenal, so there wasn't such a big uh, fuss about my move. Okay, the media um, picked up on this after Viv Anderson doing this uh, so many years ago, but that was it really. After once you're on the pitch, you you forget about it and. You just need to perform. So I was well accepted by the fans, um, the majority of the fans. And, and for me, the most important as well was the manager and my teammates. And that was that was great from day one. So um, we've, I mean, we hear a lot about this these days, the abuse that professional footballers suffer. And we've been asking this to all other family members on the show, My Unsung Hero. What is it like when you are in the stands and, you know, you maybe take your children and you hear some abuse? Um, what, what's that feel like for you? Um, so arriving from Milan, where you have to understand Milan's fans are crazy, 
as English people, but really very strong. So I got trained for a year in Milan where I got saw everything and heard everything, but didn't pay attention. And then we moved to Manchester and um, I made a point that I was going, as I had no kids, I was going away game too. So I went to Leeds, I went to Liverpool. That was shocking, the abuse. And then, but because the wife don't sit in a VIP area away game, they sit with the fan, you know, you put your hoodie and you just, just don't say a word because you can end up in big issue. So... um I will say the worst one for me was Tottenham. I will never forget that away game. The abuse that we received, I was like, wow. I remember leaving before the end because I really got scared, like really got scared. But then, you know me, I don't keep my words in my mouth. So if someone no. says something, I will turn around and just go tell them to, that's it. <laughs> so I always tend to... Um, I was like, people's got to respect each other and if you're not happy to watch my husband, go play instead of him. Maybe you would understand his life. Team gets to it, good touch from him, Sylvester. Manchester United lead. A little bit of a quiz for you, Mike. Um, you, you're one of only three players to have played under both Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex. Before we touch on that, can you name the other two? Easy, because they came after <laughs> me. <laughs> so it's uh, Danny Welbeck and Robin Van Persie. It is, yeah. it is. And now what's the square root of 3,400? <laughs> 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 um, how does it make you feel, you know, that, that you've played under both of these absolute legends? I was privileged, you know, it's, um, you learn from both, you, um, you, you, you enjoy, obviously, every day. And um, it's a pleasure to see uh, different, different type of mentality, approach, philosophy and passion for the game. Um, so I was privileged uh, for sure to to play under those two great managers. Um, and they, they made me a better player. Uh, and I've learned so much from them, you know, because you don't spend more than 20 years at one, uh, one both, both I mean, top, top clubs. If you don't have that uh, work ethic, uh, that passion, that respect, that understanding, that knowledge, that intelligence. Um, so they, 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 they were all of this every day and they've had respect from everyone. So um, it was very pleasant to, to be there. A goal from Mikhail Silvestre. Hi, it's Mikhail Silvestre. And my unsung hero is my wife, Sev. Okay, let's talk about where you met. Obviously, it's it's where you guys are from. Not only did you play for two of the biggest clubs in England, but you also represented France on 40 occasions, playing at two FIFA World Cups, 2002, and reaching the final in 2006, and the Euros in 2004. You also won two Confederations Cups in 2001 and 2003. What what was international career like, and how does it differ between club and international football and everything else around it? More pressure. You play for the country, and it's it's a bigger stage. You're playing with the best players, and you know you play with one Ballon d'Or, Zinedine Zidane, Thierry Henry, who's not far off, but Thierry, top players, Marcel Desailly. You know, it's just uh, amazing, amazing, amazing team. 
Um, not really successful with France. I mean, I've missed out on the uh, World Cup 98, but uh, there was Laurent Blanc, there was yeah, Marcel already playing at the back, Lisa Razou, so I couldn't make the squad. I was playing for Inter Milan, but I was young, I was 20. And then after, when I joined, we still managed to, won, to win those two Confederation Cup. But disappointment um, in 2004, Portugal losing against Greece in in the semis, uh, nine quarter, and then obviously yeah, the uh, the major disappointment losing the World Cup in in Germany against uh, Italy. Um, so ups and down with national team, but uh, yeah, the quality of the squad was amazing. And how does it differ for you also, Sev? It was very different. It was in another world, like a total another world. But I just again and follow him. I went to every game, every World Cup, Europe Cup, everywhere. Yeah. Um, you say that with so much passion. <laughs> I am now a football fan. <laughs> it's off. It's Rick. It's Zidane. Zidane's career ends in disgrace. Zinedine Zidane, uh, 2006. What was the dressing room like after that incident? Yeah, we didn't know um, what happened. So after the game, he came in. I mean, he was in the dressing room already before us, took his shower. So he apologized. I'd still, uh, at that time, I still don't know why he's apologizing. It's only when I went to the uh, to the media uh, that I saw the, the, the replay of, of this Edbert. And like, wow, 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 okay. Maybe it's cost us the, the World Cup, but it's Zizou, what can you say? Right, you're not going to tell off uh, to God, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was he like to play with? Was he a, was he a shelter? Was he a... <laughs> no, very introvert, Zizou. Um, but the thing is, uh, you have to realize that before that incident, he's already collected 10 red cards in his, in his career. So... You, there was time where he would he would lose his leg, a lot of genius, you know. They sometimes the, lose the, the head. Lose the head. The wires they touch each other in, in the head. <laughs> <laughs> what about you though? Let, let's talk to a defender about this. Um, what's it like when you get a red card? You feel ashamed. And you are walking off that pitch in front yeah, of thousands yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me. I've had two two of those. Uh, I collected two yellow cards in a game in Rennes, so I was pretty young. We were playing against Lyon. I was facing Ludovic Jolie, was fast, so I was um, I mischallenged. Um, it was yeah, so I arrived late for a tackle. And then the second booking was maybe pulling a shot, but not not something major. But still, uh, it's it's a walk of shame. You know, you walk, you feel lonely. You're like I'm let I let the team down. This is really bad, and you know everybody's looking at you like. At that time, I don't know, there was maybe 20,000 people in the stadium. So that was my first experience. So you're like, not again, not ever again. And I collected only two red cards in my career. The second one was a heated Arsenal-Manchester <laughs> United. Uh, this one was a straight red card. I went into uh, an argument with Freddy Ljungberg and he came too close to me. So I headbutted. Freddie in the nose uh, and I didn't look at the referee I know it was going to be red card so another walk but that one wasn't the walk of shame I was like so intense and nervous I was yeah I was I was gone I was gone by the minute 
I took that uh, that decision of doing it. It's not even a decision; it's just instinct. You know, you don't think about it, and it, it just happened. And that was uh, I got lucky because we won at at uh, Highbury. So I prayed the whole second half that we would win. Otherwise, I was going to face the hairdryer from Sir oh, Alex. Yeah, from Alex. <laughs> yeah. What, what what would he have done if you would have lost? Do you think was he gonna? Would he just rip into you? Oh yeah, he would have. He would have, and he would have put me on the, on the bench for a while. Instead of that, he said, "Well, I, I love to." <laughs> well done. I love to. No, I love to find you one one week wage, son. You know. I was like, yeah, I know. He said, "What what happened to you?" I said, "I don't know. I just lost it." You know. And he said, "You're gonna be suspended for three games." I said, uh, can I take some time off and go to France to, to rest? He said, yeah, go on. Go to France for a week. So we went to France. No, France, as, France as Saint-Barth. <laughs> Saint-Barth is French, isn't it? <laughs> so we took the plane eight hours and we ended up in the Caribbean for one week. <laughs> After headbutting Freddie Longley in the face. I mean, Sev, what, can you remember that game clearly? I was at the game, actually, and it was... When he did it, I was like, what the hell is he doing? But then at the end of the game, he st- texts me, see, get ready your luggage, we're off. And I went, for real? So I called the nanny in Manchester, get ready the kids, get the suitcase ready, we're picking you up. Next morning, we were in the flight going on. It was the best holiday ever. <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> and it was his last red card as well. Yeah. So say, do that while you will. <laughs> Incredible. Well, um, listen, when you look back, on your career, Mike, for you personally, um, what are your feelings on it? And Sev, I'll ask you the same thing. Very proud, you know, uh, fulfillment um, because I'm a competitor. I think I've always been uh, from from young age, and as a competitor, you want to achieve, you want to win trophies, and I did this. I managed to to do that for a long time, stay at the top of the game, and yeah, I get to. Uh, get to play with four Ballon d'Ors, Baggio, Zidane, Cristiano, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's just amazing. Um, and I've had so much pleasure uh, doing it. So, yeah, it's just, for me, it's a fulfillment of, of a career. Sev, what about you? When you look back at your life, you know, with Mike and everything that he's achieved and everywhere you've got to travel, what, what are your feelings when you look back across it all? It's a long, long story. <laughs> it's uh, 20 years of uh, could write books on it. I'm telling you, um, it's a great. Um, I have no um, no sadness on the choice we made or what he'd made, uh, the choice he made to move around. How we, I'm very proud that we show our kids all these countries and his career and what we achieve. It's amazing. So no regrets. And last question, um, Mike, would you be where you are today without the advice and guidance of your lovely unsung hero, your wife, Seb? No, I don't think I would have achieved as much as, you know, you can have the talent, you can have the determination, that's the job part. But then the outside, is, it's also a long time. So having that uh, stability, that love, that support, that trust, uh, that confidence from from Sev was always um, important to me, but I only realized at the end of the career, you know. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Telling you, <laughs> <laughs> Sev, you get the late. final. <laughs> she gets the final word. Um, 
to be honest, I was never involved in his choice of his career and step out of this because I, I'm not a manager and I have no clue if you play good or not. Um, <laughs> but yes, on the side of if I wasn't there to make every move we did so easy because I was in charge of everything from A to Z and always make sure that the house is happy feeling, you know, um, that make that does, I will say yes, I was it helped his career. Oh, thank you so much guys for coming on. I literally could sit here all day again and um and when um when this is all over and we can sit down, let's do it and let's talk loads about Liverpool, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks you, Chelsea. Thank you. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you. You've been listening to Mikel Silvestre, my unsung hero with me, Chelsea Grimes. What a couple they are. I mean, <laughs> you just have a good time whenever I speak to them. So many stories, stories for days, and I cannot wait to see them again. A reminder, if you missed any of the show, you can listen back on the TalkSport app. And next week, England captain Steph Horton reveals who her unsung hero is. The foundations that he set me as a, a person and as a player is really allowed us to have the career that I have and he supported us every single day since. You've been listening to My Unsung Hero with me, Chelsea Grimes on TalkSport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.